you don't really think about how your relationship's going to change. You think, oh, how amazing we're having a baby together. Once you make that leap into becoming parents, just the narrative changes. Like before having kids, you used to send flirty texts to your partner. (laughs) And then once having kids, you send texts like, here's a to-do list, here's a shopping list. When will you be home? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, motherhood, relationships, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. So take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking in Common. I am Kate and I'm joined as always by my dear friend, Sophie. Here we are. Here we are. Good to be back. Oh, it's always nice to be back. I feel like I always say that. Good to be back. That's how I feel. It's like, it's like your tagline. You oh love God. that line. I get a bit like, okay, what am I going to say first up? That's all <laughs> I ever come up with. So, all right, things to work on. Anyway, we are back and today we want to chat about modern day relationships, everything from romantic relationships and marriage to friendships, relationships with our children and other family members. You know, we really want to explore and discuss how these relationships are affected once you create a family of your own. I mean, the romantic relationship, I feel like a lot of people are going to have similar questions and similar experiences that we have had. But I'm also really interested to hear from you a bit about like how your relationship with Nina changed, for example, once you went from one kids to two and also like how friendships change after you have children. And There's so much to talk about, but first let's find out what we have in common this week. Let's find out. Well, what do you reckon? Probably our three-day juice cleanse that we both did on the same three days. Totally. <laughs> Are we crazy? I think we're a little bit crazy. Maybe for this time of year, I feel like it is it is quite crazy to cleanse. But I feel good. I do feel you? so good, actually, after the cleanse. Mm. I, I definitely found the three days pretty challenging. Mm. Um, and especially with young kids, not sort of being able to have any downtime with the cleanse. Yeah. How do you not grab a couple of extra pieces of popcorn when you're giving it to girls? <laughs> and cooking like three meals or preparing, you know, breakfast, lunch yeah. and dinner and stuff. That was a bit tricky, but I feel amazing. So it was totally worth it. I just really felt like I needed to reset. I felt like my stomach was eating itself this time. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I, was, I saw you, you I looked like you were literally about to starving. pass out. I know. Remember we thought I was pregnant? We thought we were pregnant. You thought I was pregnant and then you wigged me out and made me think I was pregnant, but I was just starving. Well, you'd actually been rubbing your stomach a lot. Are you sure you're not pregnant? (laughs) Because I was starving. No, no, no. I should have given the juice cleanser Brad wrap. We both have done them in the past, haven't we? And um, I just like the way it makes you feel. Like it does give you this really kind of like intense, fast-tracked detox. And you notice, you know, how certain foods make your body feel as well Mm. when you come out of the cleanse and you start reintroducing foods. Mm, Absolutely. That's what's the most interesting about it. I just love to see how things make me feel physically and mentally and a juice cleanse is a perfect way to do that. So you're booking in for another one then this week? I will do another one, but not this week, my friend. Not anytime soon. Do you know what I do like detoxing from is coffee and alcohol, but 
coffee in particular because I've realized I'm so addicted to it. I'm so addicted to coffee. I actually did cheat a little bit on my cleanse and I had a really small coffee on each every, <laughs> I love it. every day, really the three days. One. I know it's only three days, but I just could not deal with the headache. I mean, you get you get a headache regardless when you you know, juice cleansing. Mm. But when you cut out the coffee, mm. I don't know about you, but I literally cannot see straight. Mm. I can't stand up. I have to lie down in a dark room. It's a horrendous migraine, yeah. which probably means I should cut back on my coffee intake. That's what I mean. That's why I think it's important. But not today. <laughs> not during that juice cleanse. No. Yeah. I like to try and do a detox at least once a year. And I did have that experience where one year I cut out the coffee, I think for two weeks, I try to prepare a little bit before and after the juice cleanse just to get the biggest benefit from it. And cutting out coffee for that long did cause a this terrible migraine for me one time, but I didn't actually get it this time. Strangely. That's so bizarre. I just remember seeing you shaking when I saw you. <laughs> sure that wasn't from the coffee withdrawals. <laughs> no, it is. You know what? It's a great thing to do. And I certainly have to say I feel amazing after doing it. So mm. I am certainly an advocate for a juice cleanse. Mm. But let's move into our topic for today. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start by talking about our feminist partners that we talk about sometimes? I love it. Feminist partners, yes. Okay, so when we say feminist partners, I don't think either of us are meaning the textbook definition. Like our partners certainly aren't out there advocating and fighting for women's rights. That's <laughs> no, not what not. we mean. And look, I don't want to speak for them, but they just practice a lot of equality in, in the home. Absolutely. Everything is quite equally run, mm. I would say, in both of our homes. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's probably partly because it's obviously important to you and I. And I think in our own individual relationships, or well, for Aiden and I, it's a lot of what we discuss about how we want to parent as well, you know, and we really want to be equal as parents. And even the situation that we're in now, Aiden is the one going to work and I am more or less staying at home with honey, but like, you know, for example, I have taken on way too much this week and much more than I should have. And, you know, he's made a sacrifice with his work so I can go to work this yeah. week. And he doesn't have a problem with that. And even though he is And he the encourages one, you to do that as well, which yeah, is so great. Absolutely. Even though he's the one you know, bringing in the income to provide for our family. He sees the potential and respects the potential in me as well to continue my career once I am sort of ready and I am sort of feeling ready to get back into that. Go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you know what, just with, you know, as you were saying, like, and I'm in a similar situation, you know, for majority of the past four years with my kids, I have been at home and my husband, Mackie has been going to work, mm -hmm. but when he gets home from work, it's kind of like, cool, you know, we become a team, anything yeah. that needs to get done around the house, I'll do some things, Mackie will do other things. We both share putting the kids to bed, bathing the kids, feeding the kids, cooking, cleaning, you know, it's all about just getting shit done at the end of the day mm. and, you know, not making each other feel bad that we haven't achieved or we haven't done something. Yeah, I think it's a really good example to set to our kids as well. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, we share that and I think um, maybe that's why we're attracted to who we're attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sticking on romantic relationships 
for yeah. the moment. Mm-hmm. So how do you find that your relationship has changed since becoming parents? Mm. Um, it's such a good question. Um, and I, I sort of don't know where to start, but I think <laughs> I think the main thing is that maybe there's just not a lot of consideration around it before you go into you don't sort of mind. think That's about not it. The main thing that you think about, you know, you're thinking about labour, mm. feeding your baby, um, mm. sleep, all the sleep mm. that everyone tells you you're going to lose. You know, I don't. I suppose you don't really think about how your relationship's going to change. You think, oh, how amazing we're having a baby together. Yeah, and I think once you sort of make that leap into becoming parents, just the narrative changes, the story changes, the discussion, the conversation, everything suddenly changes and you kind of weren't expecting it to, or you didn't realize that it was going to be like that. To make it in a literal sense, like, you know, maybe before having kids, you used to send flirty texts to your partner (laughs) and then once sending kids... Sorry, once sending kids, once having kids, you send texts like, here's a to-do list, here's a shopping list, here's a picture of the baby. When will you be home? Can you come home early? Yeah, Yeah. I know it does change. You know, the thing is, I suppose, once you have kids is there are so many more decisions to be made, like so many more things to negotiate on. It's not just about you two anymore. Totally. Um, And, you know, getting that time to kind of just focus on your relationship. Ultimately, those first few months, you just don't have the time to do that. There's also like a lot of negative stigmas that get sort of implanted in your brain before you have children because there are most definitely difficulties and that goes without saying. But the negativity around it I find really uncomfortable because it kind of like put this negative attachment to how my relationship was going to change before it even changed. People are basically telling you how to feel and how to think and how yeah. to behave, which is so annoying and so mm. unhelpful. And I, I didn't like that. I felt like comments, you know, such as you never have sex once you're married, okay. you never have sex so again. on that, on sex after, well, not, not marriage, but sex after children in particular. Mm. So, okay, once you have kids and maybe I'm talking like, when they're a little bit older, so like the stage I'm at. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Keep yeah. going. I so like where this is going. Obviously, like, you know, if you're both home and it's the middle of the day and you want to just kind of like, you know, get up oh. to some mischief, obviously like that's not as easy as what it used to be, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to be a little bit more creative and mm. clever. But mm. think about all that excitement and that tension that can build up. And by the mm. time you can, you know. Anyway, enough said. <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right. Like that's great advice, even though you weren't trying to give advice then, I think you're right. It's about finding special little moments in the normal day-to-day life to turn it into something exciting, make it unexpected, take the opportunity when it comes. Yeah, but it can still be great. You've just kind of got to change the way that things are a little bit, you know, pivot. Yeah. Um, And I think you know, making time for just you and your partner is so important. And it can be easier said than done. You know, you've got to get someone to look after the baby or the kids and, but, you know, make that effort and prioritize it. And I think it really pays off. Mm. You know, often you will find you'll be out for dinner and you'll be talking about, you know, your to-do list of things and like, Uh but it's also nice just to be like, we're not going to talk about that tonight. Let's just focus on each other because, Mm. you know, we had a relationship before we had kids. Yeah. So let's kind of, get a little piece of that back. Yeah. I read a, um article recently and the article was titled How Kids Ruin Your Relationship. And I was like, oh, God, all right, <laughs> I don't here we go. go. This another stigma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was sort of all about how 
once the mums bond with the child, the relationship can deteriorate. And also there were studies that compare couples with and without children and researchers found that the rate of the decline in relationship satisfaction or happiness is nearly twice as steep for couples who have children. Nothing um, kind of groundbreaking about that because, you know, we all know that a lot of difficulties come with in-between relationships once you had kids. But then also in the event that pregnancy was unplanned, the parents experienced even greater negative impact. So that just sort of goes to show that if you're not on the same page, if you're not planning ahead, talking things through, communicating, and yeah, ultimately getting on the same page, I think that's where the loss of feeling united and feeling like a team comes from and that's where things start to fall down do you reckon I fully agree like I know I say this all the time but teamwork makes the dream work you know as I said before like prioritizing your relationship a little bit but yes communicating about how you're feeling about things one thing that I have noticed a lot since having kids is the good old game of point scoring yeah right yeah yeah you've mentioned this a few times it's obviously something you guys have worked on or I'm sure everyone goes through stages of being like, well, I did this, so you should do this. Or like, how come you haven't done that? Like, look what I've done. Mm-hmm. I've from pulled my, myself up for sure. From my experience, and like I'm definitely guilty of that, it really puts us in such a shitty place when mm. we have weeks of being like that. Ultimately, we're just really tired and run down and we're mm. not getting any time to ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, we've all got the same goal. We want we want the same thing, but we're just kind of not communicating. And I, mm. yeah. Yeah. I think also like when you don't get any time to yourself as well. Even it's if it's like a 15-minute walk or listening to a podcast or mm. reading a book or just going mm. to the shops by yourself, whatever it is, like mm. just having that time. I find even if it's like once a week, once a month, then mm. I function better as a wife, as a yeah. mum, yeah. as a human being. Yeah. But when I'm not getting that time um, – I feel like I don't kind of approach certain situations. It is in the so right important. Way. I totally agree. And I feel like sometimes it can appear to be indulgent, but I just think, you know, in today's day and age, it just is so important just to work on yourself and and nurture and care for yourself because you do, you become a better person because of it. Your output is more positive. You're you're more relaxed, you're more calm. Oh, I just remembered. How's your meditation going? Oh, stop. Let's not talk about my meditation. Sorry, I've been a bit slack the That's last right. few days. That's all right. We'll forgive you. I'm so much more reactive. Like yeah. I'm not as like I just think I'm reacting to things a lot easier and not feeling as calm. But I'm going to get back on board because I just know how much of a positive effect it does have on me. Mm. Well, I'll remind you that Can you, you remind did- me? You did feel really good. You did feel really positive about the way you were reacting things. You loved that small peace and quiet that you got daily. It's just about finding the time. And we're we're all we're all bad at that sometimes, you know, letting things go because you let other things get in the way. Um, I but like, I will. I'll remind you. I feel like there's been so much going on lately that as soon as I wake up, my mind's like, like I've just got to – I've just got a million things I want to get done and tick off my to-do list. I'm like, I'm just going to get up and do that, which I think if I prioritise to do my meditation, then I would probably get more done. You'd be more efficient, yeah. Um, And you are very impulsive. I'm so impulsive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so impulsive. You watch tomorrow I'll be meditating like six times a day. (laughs) 
Just kidding. <laughs> so back on the romantic relationships, do we think that relationship status has an impact on the outcome of your relationship? You're married. I'm not. So what do we think? I think it depends on everyone's individual situation. Mm. For me, like getting married was never a massive thing. You know, we'd been together for so many years. We got engaged. We were excited to kind of, you know, throw a big party and celebrate with each other and with our friends and family and and it was great. But it was never like I have to get married before I have kids or, you know, Mm -hmm. or Mackie has to propose otherwise like why have we been together for so long? You know, it wasn't about Mm -hmm. that. We, We know how we feel about each other. But I feel like once you have kids, I haven't taken on his surname and mm. then people can get a bit funny. I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, I've experienced the same thing, yeah. obviously, because Aiden and I have. Oh, you a haven't taken name. on his name. So whose name do your kids have? Oh, so they've got his name. Oh, okay. Oh, like it's just, it's like, well, it's none of your business. I, I love all I that stuff. I, I love that that sort of thing shakes people up. It's the same with like Honey's um, surname because Aiden and I aren't married and we don't share the same surname. People were asking us, what is her surname going to be? And then suddenly I was like, you know what? You're right. It, it doesn't have to be traditional. We could call it, we could make a surname Rainbow. We could make a surname Panton, my name. I didn't actually sort of consider it. That part of it, I was sort of stuck in a traditional way. And once I just spoke to Aiden about it, it was important to him, you know, because as the woman I carried the child, it felt like a fair, reasonable thing for me to carry the child and for the child to have his surname, you know, that kind of felt like a equal combination. So Mackie was the same. He was very much like, no, 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 like I want the girls to have my surname, mm. but he's not phased at all that I didn't take his surname when mm. when we got married. It's so funny that it seems to be all external people that have more of an issue about it. So you're not married. No. As you just said. How do you feel about marriage? Now you've got a baby. Do you feel any differently or it hasn't changed? I don't think you've asked me that before. Have I? I don't know if we've talked about that because it's a Maybe good not since you've had a baby. We've definitely talked about no, no, that's like what marriage. I mean. That's what I mean. Since I've had a baby, I've definitely considered it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I hope Aiden's not listening. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> I might have to just share this little snippet of the pod with Aiden tonight. <laughs> okay, no. so why just because you like the idea of, I mean, you're a family regardless. You're your own yeah. little family. Yeah. But what's... I actually just think that the act of the commitment could be really beautiful for my <sighs> child to see and yeah. witness and be a part of. Oh, she can be a little flower girl, mm. so gorgeous. <laughs> but prior to having a baby, it was never... Um, a priority on my list of life things to do. Um, I'm not. I'm certainly not against marriage. I actually worked in, um, you know, designing and planning weddings for many, Probably many enough years. To turn you off getting married? A little bit, maybe. Yeah, I did get a little bit sort of burnt out or t- or turned off by it a little bit because it kind of took the romanticism away from it a little bit. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, some of the weddings that I've been to, like yours, for example, or, you know, some of my brothers that are married, like some of those are the best days of my lives. And the the way that a wedding brings people together and I love it. But for me personally, I just feel like I – perhaps conditioned myself to feel like I didn't want to get married. I was in a very long relationship prior to the relationship I'm in now and I sort of thought that that was my forever, that was my future and it didn't turn out to be like that. And so since then I just sort of, you know, yeah, conditioned myself to think that 
that wasn't what I wanted in my life. I also come from a broken marriage, so maybe that has an impact too. But I also just really like the idea of waking up each day and choosing to be with yeah, I um, love that. the partner that I've that I'm with and vice versa and not necessarily have to have that commitment by a legal piece of paper but yeah it's interesting that you asked how I feel about it now because I do sort of see that it could be a really beautiful sort of momentous thing for my yeah. baby or my my kids to be a part of one day and a beautiful memory to look back on yeah, I, I find, you know, we were talking a little bit about stigmas before and people say, oh, once you get married, you know, what do they say? The old ball and chain yeah. and like all these like horrible things, which they certainly don't apply to my relationship. And for us, I mean, we'd been together for 10 years before we got married, but it was just an, a really nice sentiment. Like after mm. getting married, it was just like, we've made this beautiful commitment to each other. Not mm. that we weren't fully committed before, but we got to celebrate with our friends and family. And it was just like a nice feeling. It didn't change our relationship in any way. So mm. that's just me. But mm. anyway, we might be hearing some wedding bells for you soon. <laughs> Do you think Stop you'll it. change your name if you got married? No, I don't think I would change my name. Yeah. No, I just feel like I don't what there's no reason to actually I must say that when my parents got divorced I did find it probably embarrassing is the right word that when my mum changed her name back to her maiden name you know when you had to hand in a school letter or something like that and my mum's name was different to mine I found it sort of yeah. awkward and embarrassing that I didn't have the same name as my mum so if my children ever experience anything like that or they we ever have a conversation I'd be very much open to it but I feel like there's so many modern relationships these days mixed cultures mixed genders like yeah. mixed names it's just going to be really normal it'll almost be abnormal it's to I think it already is quite normal yeah and you don't exactly. want to have to deal with the paperwork because I have seen the paperwork and it's it's a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right so Let's move on from romantic relationships, unless you have anything else to add. No, I am going out on a little bit of a date night tonight, so I'm excited now I've been talking about I relationships. Yeah, I would just, just like to say that you guys do, from my outside perspective, have a really healthy marriage and it's beautiful. And there's certainly none of those negative stigmas attached to what I see in your marriage. So that's really cool. And I really admire it. I mean, we all have our moments, but... I love my husband and we love spending time together and I feel lucky that, you know, we can mm. we can do that. So mm. anyway, moving on. Actually, Aiden and I are going out on a date night on Saturday oh, night and it'll actually be our like first. date night night, Saturday. <laughs> Your first. <laughs> well, we haven't been able to go out much this year, obviously, anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, we've had a little bubber around, so it makes it harder again. So just all of those things combined. We've done some lovely things, but not on our own. Oh, that's so nice. I'm so excited for you. Yay, have fun. Date night week. Yes, date <laughs> night week. All right, so let's move on from romantic relationships. Yeah, I'm interested to chat to you about your relationship with your girls and how that changed when you went from having one child to two. It's interesting. So, you know, Nina, my oldest, she was two, nearly two and a half when I gave birth to Lulu. So prior to that, obviously, Nina had been, it was just Nina. She was used to getting all of my time, all of my attention. Mm. And I remember like towards the end of my pregnancy feeling quite um, 
anxious and nervous about it because mm. I thought, oh my God, like, am I going to love this new baby how I love Nina? If I have another baby, where do you find a love? Am I going to have the same connection? Like, what's this baby going to be like? How will I still have time for Nina? Like, how will I have time for Mackie and I? Like, all these things. And they all really play on your mind a lot. And then the fear of losing that kind of bond and connection with your firstborn. Can I tell you, though? For me, once Lulu was born, it's just like the love just comes. I think you said before, your mum told you the love comes with the baby. They bring it and it's amazing and incredible and you still have that love for your firstborn, absolutely, but it becomes quite hard, especially in those kind of early days because, you know, your firstborn's used to having all this time and attention but ultimately you've got this tiny newborn baby Mm. who is really reliant on you. Mm. So. I guess you do have to give up a little bit of that time. You know, it's really hard not to get frustrated and irritated with the toddler who's like just running around trying to get your attention while you're trying to breastfeed. You know, you sit down and your toddler's like, I'm hungry, I need to go to the toilet. Mm. Like they want you to do something and then you get really Mm. kind of flustered. Yeah, like you've got your hands full and they're just making a mess around you. (laughs) (laughs) But what I've found is, you know, now that Lulu, my youngest, is two and Nina is four, is kind of, really picking my times and trying to spend like really good quality time with Nina, like Mm. quality over quantity I think is so important. Even if it's 15 minutes of just undivided attention, she just responds so well to that. And then she's happy to like do her own thing, play, but we're still getting that kind of connection and time together. Mm. And, you know, if we hadn't been stuck in lockdown this whole year, I would have loved to take her out for like a little mummy-daughter morning or day, which Mm. we did do prior to COVID. Mm. And, you know, it's a different, it's always going to be a different bond between each child, I think. You'll have a different connection. Mm. But given that Nina is my firstborn, like trying to get her to be really involved with the baby and like including her as much as possible and kind of praising her when she does something great and being really encouraging to her and telling her she's a great big sister and she's doing all the right Mm. things and look at the example you're setting. And So at what point did you feel like Nina sort of transitioned into, you know, not just being your only child or your firstborn but to being a sister, being a big sister, you know, like did that develop or was it instant when Lulu was born or...? No, I think it developed, you know, at first she loved it. She loved having this tiny little baby. And then we kind of went through a phase of jealousy, jealousy. Like it was almost like she just wanted my attention. It was like, Mm. when's she going to bed? Like, when can we have like mummy Nina time or like, Mm. can we do big girl things, which she still does now. But I have to say all being stuck at home this year, their bonds really developed. And now that Lulu's a little bit older, they're starting to kind of like play together and she's excited to see Lulu. Like now she's back at kinder when she gets home and it's really nice. But we certainly went through stages of, you know, her feeling I guess just a little bit jealous and probably insecure about this new kind of new child or new baby that was in the home. And I think that's totally normal. Yeah. And I think Um, you made a point before that you would take Nina and do things just one-on-one with her. And likewise, I'm sure you do with Lulu and I'm sure Mackie does as well. And I think that there's probably a lot to be said about developing a deeper connection, just spending, like you said, that quality one-on-one time or just even the undivided attention and not always just sort of putting those in the same basket and saying like, let's do everything, you know, can you do this together now or separating them and having that individual one-on-one time to just really deepen and develop that connection and relationship that you have with them as an individual. It's so true because I feel like I got so much one-on-one time just with me and Nina and then Mm. almost now it's kind of like, oh, like now I need to have that time with Lulu as well. So kind of finding that balance and then obviously all the 
times that we have together, which is great too. But, you know, when you have a new baby and then you've got a toddler, all of a sudden the toddler seems so much more capable and you're like, Mm. oh, you can do that. Or like you try doing this, but they're kind of like, hang on a minute, two seconds ago I was your baby. You were doing everything for me. Since this other baby's come along, now you expect me to do all these things. So I think just... Interesting. Forces them to grow up pretty quickly, doesn't it? The oh, older child. Seriously, it does. Do you know what I love um, observing though is that you talk to Nina like she's your little mate or your little girlfriend, <laughs> little bestie, your little bestie, and you talk to Lulu like she's your little baby. <laughs> you know, you have this different kind of relationship with them, and it's so cool, so so cute, so cool to watch. So, how do you feel about bringing another baby into the mix? I can't imagine it. Like when Aid and I have talked about it, we're like, should we have a Honey Two Point <laughs> Like <laughs> I just it. can't. I just can't even imagine what another child would be like. I have started sort of imagining Honey as an older sister, yeah. which is interesting and kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I sort of feel like I can't contribute much until I experience it. We'll revisit. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll revisit when you've got more kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Watch the space. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was um, – how your relationship changes with your parents once you have kids because I think that's kind of interesting and also, you know, your relationship with your friends around you too because I was having a chat to a girlfriend the other day about, you know, the people that you surround yourself in your life and how at different times in your life different friends sort of serve you in a way, you know, and we all have different friends for different reasons and, and I love that about friendships. You know, you all give each other different things and that's the beauty of friendship. But when you have kids, those friendships definitely change. Some of them, you know, filter out a little bit and some get really a lot stronger. I don't know if anyone out there listening who is sort of struggling with trying to hold on to a friendship that, isn't really working maybe because of the difference of having kids and not having kids. You don't have as much in common anymore as what you used to. Yeah, but trying to hold on to that maybe isn't necessarily worth the energy because you, I feel like you sort of come back to people in your life at the right time. So true. And also your friends that you have that also have children, I think if you align yourself with people who want to raise or do raise their children the same way, it makes your friendship a whole lot easier and more fun. I know, absolutely. Well, do you know what's really funny? You and I were talking about, not funny, but you and I were talking about recently was we, we had a couple of catch-ups and it was like at about five thirty, six o'clock at night, which mm. is not ideally the best time to catch up with a four-year-old, a two-year-old a 10-month-old mm. when we all put our kids to bed at seven, like we're both into sort of our routines. Mm. And we were like, this is amazing. Like, you know, normally this is, you're like, this is normally witching hour. And I'm like, me too. This is normally like ratting hour at our house. Like yeah. I would no more catch up or have friends over probably that didn't have kids at that time of night because they just don't get it. No, and it's more stressful, isn't it? It's so stressful. But our kids were like, all just so happy. We were like, it's never like this at this time of the night. Normally like there's, you know, all sorts of things going on, whether it's like they're so they're overtired, so they're running around like crazy. Screaming, there's food throwing. There's There's food getting piffed everywhere. Like I'm trying to chuck kids in the bath. I'm trying to like, (laughs) you know, do all the stuff. And you sort of mentioned that honey can be quite unsettled at that time of night. They were all as happy as Larry. I think we caught up like three nights in a row at 5.30, had a couple of drinks. We were like, we kind of just need to do this every night at 5.30. Yeah, I think like if you do have friends that you can yeah. embrace the chaos with and enjoy it and 
have a drink in the meantime and Perfect. let your kids do their thing and let go of things for a moment and just, yeah. you know, embrace it together, then that is just wonderful because <laughs> you need to share that with friends, I think, because it can be kind of become a bit of a drag, like especially that example, that time of night. It's like, oh, God, every night the same routine and, yeah, the, you know, the kids are usually tired. It's a hard it's a hard time of night. So We all also knew, though, we're like, cool, by 7 o'clock, like we need yeah, to have our out. kids in bed. So it's like, okay, cool, <laughs> literally like 2 to 7. It's like because you live so close. It's like, see ya. But, like, if you have friends over, who just kind of don't leave if they don't have kids and they're, they're not trying to do the wrong thing, but it's kind of mm. like I've got to do all this stuff. Like I yeah. can't just sit here right now as much as I want to. Yeah. Another thing that Aiden and I were talking about the other day, and this is probably a combination of both what we've been talking about, the friendship thing and also um, the romantic relationship thing, is that we've been sort of learning a lot of lessons lately in how we really need to prioritise our family first and yeah. because we've only got a 10 month old that's new for us yeah so we're both like quite accommodating people and especially like with our friends we'd be like yeah you know we'll do this we'll do that we'll sort of put ourselves out because we like to do that yeah but we found ourselves in like difficult situations where it's actually putting honey out of her routine or it's making it harder for us with the baby and it's like all right we need to relook at how we do things and we were talking about how great you guys are at doing that because you guys are so, you know, generous and welcoming and, you know, beautiful and amazing friends. But it's kind of like when we've got our thing to go on, it's very much just like, yeah. this is it, guys. Like, That's you know, it. get See out. <laughs> yeah. And we love that. See you later. We love that. Um, yeah, I think as, as you said, like it's so important to kind of, you know, put your family and your family's needs first. In saying that, I'm further into my parenting journey than you. So, you know, we've learned a lot yeah, and exactly. it took us a while to get into a really good groove and especially with the two kids. But right now, like touch wood, I feel like we're in a bit of a good groove. I did just want to mention that um, I've always had a really beautiful relationship with my mum. Like, you know, we've been best friends. We talk about everything and she's hugely supportive and and she's always been there for me and I love her for that. And I always respected her, but my God, do I have a bigger, huge respect for her now that I know what she's been through raising children. Yeah, and raising six. And raising six, yeah. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. I'm the same. I'm very close with my mum. We have a very open, very close relationship, but... Once you have a baby and this baby's born, you're like, oh, my God, look what you did for me. For me. Like, oh, my God, All these years and I gave you so much shit. Yes. <laughs> Every feeling, everything you go through, like my mum did that for me. Mm, it's, it's crazy. Amazing. I find a- that quite mind-blowing. It's weird. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this all for me. Whoa, wow. Like, And then they're still doing stuff for us now. Like parenting never stops. It never stops. It never ends. It never, ever ends. Even if your children are adults. like We're in this still- for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, there's no going back now either. I mean, you know, and same thing with, with our dads as well. And, you know, yeah. I'm sure everyone's situations are different um, and everyone's upbringings were different and everyone's relationships with their parents are different. But, yeah. Yeah, it's just one thing that I have noticed and I have been wondering if other people feel the same way. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's also interesting, like it's funny, I feel like obviously it's a generational thing, but the way that we probably do things with our children, the way that we raise our children is probably quite different yeah, good to point. How, our, how our mums raised us. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely similar things or you'll have the same kind of morals and different things work for different people. So whatever works for you, like do it and as long as you're happy as long as your family's Mm. happy like that's all that matters like who cares Mm. what other people think hey yeah couldn't agree more absolutely Mm. so 
it's time for you to share. <laughs> Moving to sharing is caring. What have you got for us today? All right. Well, today I wanted to keep it really local. I've had a really huge appreciation for our beautiful city, Melbourne. You know, we've had a tough year. We've had a really long lockdown and we're obviously not allowed to travel anytime soon. So I've just sort of been, you know, looking really locally at what are the good things that I love about this city and because there's so many things. It's such a great city. And one of the things that I've really been appreciating today is our absolutely beautiful botanical gardens, which are right in the heart of Melbourne. And I'm lucky enough to visit them regularly. And I have been doing more so since having a baby. And in my travels over the years, I've always made an effort to visit botanical gardens in different cities or towns because I like to, I feel like it gives you a bit of a vibe for what that city is all about. Yeah, absolutely. In a weird way. And in Melbourne, they truly are so beautiful. I always get such inspiration and like a really sort of peaceful sense of calm. Yeah, sense of calm. Like they're just so beautiful. And I I just discovered last year for the first time this amazing children's garden, which I'm sure you know about. Yeah, yeah. sure you've gone a few times. So good. We'll have to take all the girls there together this summer. But there's this beautiful little, yeah, children's garden. So there's there's this ruined garden, which is like a meeting place, which has this cool little water feature um, that sort of all sprays up from the ground in the summer. And then there's this wetland area, there's a bamboo forest, there's plant tunnels, kitchen herb and veggie gardens. Um, so well thought out. It's beautiful. It's so cool. It's such a an adventure for little kids. It's sort of all fenced off in a, in a way. So it feels quite safe too. And there's this beautiful little stream that runs through the yeah. whole garden as well. Um, in the summer, obviously, it's heaving with um, young families and young kids because it's just such a great place for kids. But, you know, talking about relationships today as well, it's just such a great place to go for a picnic, you know, with your family, take the whole family or do it just with you and your partner or yeah. with a girlfriend. You know, it's just such a beautiful meeting place um, and it's just got so much to give like there's this amazing rainforest walk which Aiden and I actually walked through the morning of giving birth to honey and um it was sort of a shock that it came to us that day and I said to him can we go for a walk through the rainforest walk because of it always makes me feel really calm yeah and I've got that beautiful memory oh, of that. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. Yeah. Is that where the waterfall? No, that's a secret. Don't mention the waterfall. <gasps> okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, is that, yeah, is that what you're talking about? No, okay. I forgot about that waterfall actually. Isn't that cool? Yeah, there's sort of a secret waterfall. Well, that- I didn't know about it. You told me about it yeah. just a few months ago and I thought I cannot believe I live so close to these beautiful gardens, which we do go to and we go yeah. to the children's garden and we've had picnics, but I've never found this probably because it's a secret as you just said little waterfall and I took we took the girls there and they were just they Mm. loved it it was so Mm. beautiful so good for their imagination there's so much to discover there and also they've just done this amazing renovation and built this beautiful um new arid garden which has like hundreds of species of succulents and cactuses no what do you say cacti (laughs) (laughs) um and it's super cool. And they actually recently filmed a runway for Melbourne Fashion Week in there as part of their new digital shows and runways this year because obviously yeah. they can't have traditional events with heaps of people for Melbourne for the Melbourne Fashion Week. So this, it's just got so much to give. Yeah, and I highly recommend it, you know, not only for people that live in Melbourne but visitors too. It's, it's beautiful. Well, I think we're done for the day. I think we are we're too. Wrapped. Great. We're wrapping, wrapping it up. 
Great chat. Really great, great chat. chat. I love that. And let's chat very soon, my friend. We'll be back. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes. Hit subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common. And as always, thanks for listening.